This is your Chargers linebacker, Dayon Henley, and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein. What do you want to talk about today? I don't know if we have anything to talk about. I don't Jake, you got a little over your skis. You started your intro like 10 seconds before a video even ended. I'm you sorry, were ready I to fly. A, I had a technical difficulty on my end. The only thing that I saw was that our faces were on the screen. The chat room was going off. So I just <laughs> said, okay, green light. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. And fire up the DeLorean Chargers fans everywhere rejoiced. What a day to have a live show. Hell of a day. Justin Herbert signs a mega, mega contract extension. Becomes the richest quarterback in NFL history on a per year basis. Justin Herbert signs on the eve of training camp. We're live! Here on Charges Unleashed. For folks that have been here live, you know how it goes. You are the breath of this episode. Give us your comments. Give us your feedback. Give us your topics, questions. And we will go ahead and kind of get to those as we can. Already, people are blowing up the chat. So we'll get to those here in a second. Uh, Jake Hefner, Los Angeles Chargers have been through some things. But these past four months, this front office has gone ballistic capped off by Justin Herbert's contract extension. Jake, how are we feeling today? You know, Dan, you and I were talking about earlier. I know that when we do live shows, we tend to kind of turn it over to the fans and let the subject matter of theirs dictate what the show is going to be about. And it was good because it was the eve before training camp. Everybody's hyped up right now. We're going to announce the giveaway winner for the Justin Herbert jersey here a little bit later. And you and I were talking about it. It's like, okay, well, let's let's still have some subject matter to talk about throughout the episode so we can kind of steer it in one direction or the other. <laughs> and then the Justin Herbert news breaks and you're just like, well, well, <laughs> that pretty much took care of itself. <laughs> Scratch that. Scratch that. Chargers fans, how are we feeling? Oh my goodness, Jake. Let's get to some of these uh, comments here in the chat. Friend of the show, a fear comes in. Let's go, Chargers. Jason LFG. We know what that means. Uh, wow, says Robert D. Is that true? $100 million up front. Yes, it is, Robert. Cash money. Uh, oh, I'm going to mess up your name again. But this person in the comments says, was just going to bed when the news dropped. Couldn't sleep since. Best news. Joseph comes in. Let's go, y'all. All caps. Exciting time to be a Chargers fan. Excellent job by the Chargers to get this done by camp. Uh, folks are talking about Twizzlers saying the numbers are good with me as long as it's comma, then zero, 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 zero. Big Buddha comes in just 10 more zeros, $262,500,000, baby. Jake, big day. No hyperbole. First no. question to you. Is this the biggest contract extension in Chargers franchise history? No question. No question. In, in the game, the way that it is played today, and as we know, franchise quarterbacks do not grow on trees. And when you get someone of Justin Herbert's caliber that has done what he has done in his first three years in the league, 
This was so important, Dan. And especially we're talking about after a quarterback market in the days of Patrick Mahomes and what he did just a few years ago in terms of setting that market. And then you have the Jalen Hurts contract drop earlier this offseason. Then Lamar Jackson drops this offseason. And look at just the AFC West, or excuse me, the AFC conference in general, Dan, as far as how stacked it is with competitive teams that have good quarterbacks. This, this was a must. I don't think that anybody had many doubts that this was ultimately going to get done. It was simply just a matter of when. And the Chargers come out day before the training before training camp. As we kind of said, everything stays pretty close to the vest. And then everybody started putting, you know, a couple dots together when they see Ian Rappaport at Chargers camp yesterday in the building. Is he there to break some of the Chargers news? And of course, that ends up ultimately being the case. But yes, Dan, this was this was huge. Again, for the way that the game is played today, to have a quarterback of Justin Herbert's caliber, this is something that the Chargers needed. And to set your franchise up for long-term success, this had to get done. Significant. Hats off to the Chargers organization for pulling the trigger. And we obviously figured that this was the numbers and the area that the Chargers were going to look to in terms of year-by-year numbers for the Chargers to give Justin Herbert. It's a good day. This is a great day. And there's a, I mean, there's so many angles to this Justin Herbert contract. But first and foremost, Justin Herbert, the person, like, it could have happened to a better dude. And you saw all of his teammates kind of come in and rally behind him and congratulate him. I'm sure he's going to be paying for a few different steak dinners or whatever he's going to be doing uh, for the next few months because he's got a boatload of money now. Um, but Franchise-altering contract, franchise-altering quarterback on the eve of training camp. And that was something that was kind of... I was wondering how this is going to play out. We heard rumblings. Everyone thought it was going to be done by the time the season started, but then it kind of kept going and going and going. Then you heard rumblings about like Joe Burrow and him kind of going back and forth on whether or not who was going to start first with the contract. The Chargers needed to get this done. Justin Herbert knew he wanted to get this done. First padded practice of training camp was this coming Monday. First one, him out in the field in front of fans is tomorrow, which Jake, you and I will both be there. Can't wait. Uh, needed to happen. Both sides got it done. And now Justin Herbert is the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Like the Chargers have the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Well-deserved. Pretty good. I'm looking at, for those watching, I'm looking at a tweet of NFL on Prime video 1,316 completions, over 14,000 passing yards, and 94 passing touchdowns in just three seasons. Like, what? (laughs) And that's in three seasons with all of the headwinds that we have discussed. Injuries for him and his teammates, the defense, the offensive coordinator, the youth, him coming in without any sort of heads up after his other quarterback had a punctured lung. And he's putting up those numbers. And now he gets to feast with Kellen Moore. Like, I think that's the part that we haven't even seen the best of Justin Herbert yet. I mean, the show is called Charges Unleashed, but I'm going to call it Justin Herbert Unleashed once we get to week one, because my goodness, this is exciting. Where do you want to go, Jake? We got so many angles. We could go anywhere with this, Dan. I think that 
I kind of was, I put out this tweet maybe about a half hour before this, we got on the show. You have to applaud the front office for this, not just for Justin Herbert, but look at what this Chargers organization, specifically the front office, has done in the last four months. They restructured the deal. And I'm, I'm talking about this in terms of, I'm not talking about in terms of overall improvement. I'm talking everything included financially, what they had to do to get under the cap in the first place to be able to make some of these moves in general. But an offseason in four months where you restructure the deals of Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, you bring in Eric Kendricks, you re-sign some of your key in-house free agents in Morgan Fox, Trey Pipkins, and Donald Parham, and you make Justin Herbert the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, at least as of today. (laughs) Ed McGuire, Chargers front office, Damn. I, I didn't even talk about the draft picks. <laughs> I didn't say Quentin Johnson's name. I didn't say Tuli Tula Pelotu's name. I did not say anything about that. That is just in a four-month period in what they had to do from a financial standpoint and in terms of making enough room to bring in other free agents, sign some of their own, and leaves you with enough room to set up your team for long-term success by signing your franchise quarterback to the biggest deal in the NFL quarterback market as it stands today. That's a hell of an offseason. Yep. Yep. Where's all the Bolt fan, Matt, says CeeLo's 21. Uh, Jake, I don't even, like, it's still, I'm still processing this. Justin Herbert is out under contract through the 2029 season. I think that makes him 32 by the time that he his contract would expire. I'm almost certain that this contract is going to get restructured or extended again before the contract's up. But that's just how it goes. Uh, Squeezy Sponge. Love the name, by the way. Uh, in one to two seasons, the 52-5 per year is going to seem like a steal when the first quarterback gets $60 million per year. Let's see what happens. I mean, Burrow hasn't even signed yet this year. So I'm pretty confident that number is going to be above 52. You look at all Patrick Mahomes is eighth highest quarterback in terms of how much he's getting paid per year. Eighth. Wait until he gets that contract extension restructure. Like the Brinks trucks coming for lots of folks. <laughs> and yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Squeezy sponge. Uh, 52, five seems like a lot of money, but how much money this NFL business is keeping in. It's going to look pretty damn good here in a bit. Uh, just, thinking about you... just thinking about tomorrow real quick, Dan. When Justin Herbert sets foot on the field, as you like to always say, like, imagine the euphoria, blah, blah, blah. You know, you like to use that. <laughs> blah, term blah, blah. But just, uh, I, I already, you already figured that when he hits the field, you know, the crowd's going to go berserk for him. But now given the circumstances, less than 24 hours before the Chargers open up training camp to the public, can you just imagine what the roar is going to be like tomorrow? Not only to have training camp, Chargers football back, but this fan base knowing that they got the deal done, they don't have to worry about a distraction, and they get their franchise quarterback for the next seven years. Yeah, uh, it's going to feel good. I'm, I'm wondering, I can't wait to see what the Chargers playlist is going to be with that set list. I'm hoping we're going to see a lot of money song anything, references. Anything that has to do with money, they should be playing yep. for the entirety of the two hours. Like Pink Floyd's <laughs> got to be there. Like, I, I want to see it all. I want to see I can get in deep in money types of songs. But yes, uh, that set list is going to be great. Um, how do you think this impacts his teammates going into training camp? I mean, we're talking about 
It's just like, like every, everybody's. I mean, everybody. Everybody's hyped, obviously, to have Justin Herbert here for the long term. You've even seen former players tweet out saying that this is well deserved for Justin Herbert. So you know the the atmosphere is going to be crazy for both fans and players alike tomorrow. So yes, it'll be hyped, and I, I've kind of I've I've kind of heard this as far as like, oh, you know, how did how do you think that this makes Eckler feel? Honestly. I don't think one has any bearing on the other. I don't either. I, I fully, you know, the, Eckler's conversation as far as the running back goes, Dan and I have talked about that numerous times because I understand, I understand both sides of the coin as far as the unfortunate market that's available there for running backs. But I also 100% side with a player like Austin Eckler and some of the other running backs out there. They're extremely underpaid. So but no, I don't think that one is going to influence the other. I think everybody's going to be stoked for him because everybody at the end of the day understands that this is a business. It is. And Chargers business is booming. Uh, training camp is going to be electric tomorrow. Uh, lots of storylines for training camp, which we're going to get in here in a second. Uh, folks in the comments, in the chat, give us your topics. Give us your thoughts, your takes on what you'd like to see in training camp day one, what your expectations are. Uh, what the biggest storylines you would like us to discuss. Jake, before we get into that, we got to pay the bills here a little bit. Give us 53 seconds, folks. We're going to tell you guys about our good friends over at Mint Mobile, who can give you guys for as little as 15 bucks a month, unlimited premium wireless with 5G. Ryan Reynolds approves. Jake and I approve. Let's hear about Mint Mobile for 48 seconds. We'll be right back. If you've ever thought, why in the world is my wireless bill so damn high? Then let me tell you about our friends over at Mint Mobile who we're partnering with for today's video. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for as low as $15 a month, and you don't have to sacrifice any coverage, speed, or data. They're built on the nation's largest 5G network, so they keep costs low by selling directly to you online. They cut out the retail stores and the salespeople. All Mint Mobile plans include unlimited nationwide talk and text, plus lightning-fast 5G and free mobile hotspot. So why should you have to pay for more than you have to to access the same network. It only takes 15 minutes to switch and you'll be paying as low as $15 a month for your phone plan. It really is that simple. So use the link in the description below, trymintmobile.com backslash chargers unleashed to get started. Click the link in the description below or scan the QR code. So Jake, training camp tomorrow. Obviously we know Justin Herbert's probably going to do one of those things where he like you know puts on J.K. Scott's jersey and tries to hide mm. behind cameras. Like I'm sure there's going to be something like that tomorrow. He did it today. He did it today. I loved the comparison that Lindsay Theory from ESPN put out, where somehow Justin Herbert got in the buildings, avoided the cameras, you know, totally his mo. And then Max Duggan comes to the facility and asks if it's okay, asks security if it's okay if he could park you know, for the player's entrance by the security gate. It's just like, <laughs> it's a total, total difference between a rookie quarterback and your franchise quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Rushmore for a second with Justin Herbert. I just had this random thought. Just say Mount Rushmore had three quarterbacks on it for the Chargers. This is easy. This is, easy. It, is, Justin Herbert, had... is Justin Herbert already on it? 100%. If there was 100%. two, is Justin Herbert on it? Yeah. Yeah, he is, Dan. So you're putting him over Rivers or Fouts? Correct. Correct. Who, who, who's the two? Dan, it's, it, you look at, uh, like I said, at the opening of your show. It's <laughs> spicy. I like this. How many quarterbacks have done what Justin Herbert has done mm-hmm. in their I first agree. three years? There was rookies that, or excuse me, there was records that Justin Herbert broke for this franchise in his first year alone. 
that's scary. I, I, I understand the whole narrative needs to win a playoff game, this, that, and the other. But yeah, man, a, he's he's up there. Again, you make, it four, you make it four quarterbacks, it's easy. Easy. I agree. It's, it's, I had to break down a three and then a two. And for reference, again, these all are most all time, except for one that is second most. 14,089 passing yards, most all time in the first three seasons. 94 passing touchdowns, second all time in his first three seasons. 102 total touchdowns, most all time in three seasons. 22 games with 300 plus passing yards most all time in his first three seasons. He could, you saw the chargers release video today, which was awesome. If you haven't checked it out, bolt fam, uh, he said one of one when it's all said and done. I think that's where he lands. I think he will be one of one. I think it'll be Justin Herbert and then the rest. But if it was for me, top three, I think it's, that's so who are you taking out? Okay, so let's just go back to top two. If it was top two, who are you who are you keeping between Fouts and Rivers? It's gotta be Fouts, right? I mean, Fouts has weight because obviously in that air Coriel offense, you, you went to a super or you know, you uh didn't end up going to a Super Bowl run with Fouts, but you still just put up ridiculous numbers. And then you look at what Rivers did, and that again, that was at the time, if you want to look at Fouts. That was when the game was different, when it was more still of a running game. Here comes the genius of Don Coriel to kind of revolutionize this offense that ends up being the norm today. And then you have Rivers you know, come into this game when it was still technically LT's team. It was still Marty Ball. And then he started taking off, got this team to the AFC Divisional or uh, Conference Championship. But I don't know, Dan. I don't know. It would, it would probably... If, if you if you narrowed it down to two in the modern day, because obviously I did not grow up in the heydays of what Dan, Dan Fouts did, even though it was amazing at the time, I'd, I'd have to go with Rivers and, and Herbert right now. I would. And that's no disrespect to Stan Humphreys. It's no disrespect to Dan Fouts. It's just, this is, this is the common game. I, I, I get it now, but that's, that's who my top two would be. I know it totally sounds like recency biased. No, no, I, I get it. Is. I get it. I think again, I think I was asking the question. I didn't really even think like, okay, well, could this actually be the case? Uh, I, got, I got the Chargers uh, video here playing. Uh, if you're watching, which is just incredible. You, when you remember some of these highlights that he has, like that touchdown pass, Ryan Dyrud, friend of the show, uh, co-founder of LAFB, uh, founder of LAFB, excuse me. He and I were at the Giants game when he threw that pass to Guyton, which was insane. Uh, you're seeing touchdowns to Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, some of these ridiculous throws on fourth down, truck sticking Chiefs players on week two his rookie year. Like, it's insane what this kid's doing. But I think the part for me, though, that is more insane about this kid is we're just scratching the surface on what he can do. And having a quarterback coach like what he has now with an offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore, like, sky's the limit for this kid. And I, it, it's hard. It's hard because I'm always the optimist. I get it. But it's hard not to be optimistic about this team with these players and this coaching staff and offense and defense. 
it really is. Like I, I just don't know how you can't be excited. And I think what's important and where I think this is so refreshing to have done on the eve of training camp, Jake, is last year there was so much and it just felt so heavy. And it felt like you were just trudging through the mud and the church had to withstand all of this stuff. And then you get to the playoffs and there's rejoice and celebration and then you're up 27 nothing, and then Jacksonville collapse happens, and it just takes the wind out of everybody's sails. In the last like few months, especially right after the season ended, it was just uh, like it, it was just tough. Then you get to the draft and you get to the combine, all that stuff, and then you get free agency, and then things start ramping up again. But you're still kind of feeling a little bit of 2022. And like, should I be excited yet about this coming season? This to me felt like it was the turning of the page. Like we are officially in 2023 season. Let's go. Like if you're not excited about Chargers camp now and this Chargers season now, when you got your franchise quarterback through 2029, come on guys. Let's go. Like Chargers 2023 season all in year. We get to see what this looks like starting tomorrow at training camp. I'm the optimist. Am I rubbing off on you? Or are you going to tell me pump the brakes? Dan, first of all, like I said, off season is a great time to talk to me about excitement. Now I won't always go a hundred percent on certain things, but this is arguably the most excited that I have been in a single off season, not just from the standpoint of, you know, when you look at the full gamut here about what the chargers had to accomplish financially, with certain things that may put them in cap hell next year. I get that. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it next season. What the Chargers had to do from a draft standpoint, personally, I'll say it again. I think this is one of the better drafts that Tom Telesco has had in a while in terms of things that they needed to do, not just for key players at certain positions, but in terms of depth and loading up where they needed to. And then this is like the cherry on top. I don't even throw in Kellen Moore's name in there. (laughs) I don't even throw in Carol Moore's name in there. But to top it off with Justin Herbert getting signed right before training camp, again, no surprise. We all knew it was going to eventually happen. We just didn't know when. But to do this right before training camp, to just totally ignite your fan base in such a good way. I mean, they have had a hell of an offseason. I, I will hearken back to what Chris Harry said many, many months ago when we had him on the show, Dan. Chargers have to deliver. This is, this is set up there. You reworked the deals so you could keep key players. You had a pretty good draft. You signed your franchise quarterback to a long-term deal. You have all the pieces now. You have to go out and deliver. Brandon Staley has to deliver. The rest of the coaches have to deliver. The players have to deliver. Let's go to work. So we spent the first 25 minutes or so talking about Justin Herbert. I know we're all excited about this, but Dan, I definitely wanted to get some engagement from the fan base because... Training camp kicks off tomorrow. And yes, who who in the comments is going, by the way? Who's going to training I, camp? I'm stoked for it. You're stoked for it. Everybody's stoked for it. I just want to hear as far as what everybody's looking forward to seeing, uh, players looking forward to watching, any other questions that you have in relation to training camp in general. Um, I'm all for it. This is a good day. So let's let's get some fan interaction going here. 
Uh, Jwolf777 says, The Chargers replace their health, strength, and conditioning, folks. I hope it helps all players stay healthy. Amen. <laughs> you and every other Charger. <laughs> there, yes. Amen. Amen. It's, um, we said it, I want to say it was last week. Maybe it was this week. We talked about X factors. In my opinion, like the biggest X factor elephant in the room for this team is health. If this team can stay healthy, they're a juggernaut. And like, that's not just me saying that. No, not every team can say that. The Chargers team can say that. Like everyone talks about how, you know, the Chargers defense gives up so many points and the Chargers offense, and yet they're still not do- like how many points did the defense would have given up last year if their guys were healthy? Like how many points do you think they would have put up on offense if their guys were healthy? Yeah, I think there was a lot of variables in that equation, Dan. Of course. But, but I get your point. Yes. So, so health matters and it's not just an excuse. It really does. Uh, Storyline, Jake. Something I'm interested to see. I tweeted about this like two weeks ago. We've heard nothing about the J.C. Jackson stuff. He had his appointment suit. I think it was like right before everyone went dark for a month. That was supposed to be given some more insight into whether or not he's clear to play. We saw him in videos today in the facility talking with the team like he was walking in. Do you think we see him out there? I think it's cleared. I think you'll, I think, and I'm saying this, I'm not trying to make any assumptions, just my opinion on the matter. Even if he got cleared, because you did, you said that the key date was what, Dan, June 19th was his medical date. I think it was. Yes. Okay. So even if he was cleared and we saw him out there, during mini camp on the sidelines, going through some individual drills, which is very encouraging to see. Not predicting anything, but I, or, or not trying to, you know, put any, take any wind away from anybody's sails. But I would feel that day one, even if he got cleared, I still think that Brandon Staley might just, you know, keep him on individual deals for a day or two. And if and then then you're probably going to have him ramp up. So for the first two days, maybe you still have him on individual deals, drills. Then you ramp him up. And I and I say that just because you look at the way that Brandon Staley has treated those type of things in the past, and especially with the way that J.C. Jackson had to deal with his foot surgery during training camp last year. To Brandon Staley, it's like, look, when he's a hundred percent, he'll go. So. That's just what I'm kind of basing it on. Just solely based on that. I could be completely wrong. And personally, I hope I am. I would love to see him out there in day one. That would just be a monumental thing for him, given everything that's taken place with his injury and basically doing everything that he has needed to do to recover in this period of time. So I hope to God I'm wrong. But that's just how I feel that it may go for the first day or two. And then you'll see him out there uh, during practice. Yes, I apologize for folks who have been commenting for the last, whatever, it's been 25 minutes. There's been some technical difficulties. I just refreshed, and it just like went ballistic on all these comments. Uh, so I'm going to try to get to some of these so we can kind of get this more engaging. Uh, folks are super excited, Jake, about Quentin Johnson. That seems like a storyline lots of people want to talk about. Caleb says, I want to see Quentin Johnson so bad, bro. 
which I, I, I think a lot of us do. Jake, what's the ceiling for him starting for <laughs> like start by week one, like by week one? Like, I think I think wide receiver three. I think we can assume that's probably going to be his. But like in terms of targets, if you will, like by the time we get to week one, like. Do you see it being him being the third most targeted receiver? By the time we get to week one? Mm-hmm. See, the interesting thing is, Dan, <laughs> again, all this is predicated on an offense that we have not seen yet. But you would figure, especially if anybody read Daniel Popper's article today, which was a fantastic read-up between the relationship that Brandon Staley and Kellen Moore have built on one another and basically what the expectation that Moore is going to bring to this, Downfield aggressive attacking, that fits the bill for one Quentin Johnston for sure. So, yeah, I would expect to see more spread offense, as Daniel Popper alluded to. Downfield aggressive passing. So, by week one, Dan, I mean, if the if all of the things that we have seen thus far and all of the praise that we have heard thus far on Quentin Johnston that has taken place during OTAs and mandatory minicamp. If that continues through training camp, to me, just give, just give the kid the ball. I know there's only one football to go around. You don't have to throw every single pass to him. Let's not put our expectations too high, but yeah, let's have him hit the ground running when you have a big athletic weapon like Quentin Johnston. Big Buddha says, y'all thought Quentin Johnson ride a training camp, his new toy. Yeah, what was that, like a, like a three-wheeler? How do you know what that was? <laughs> Everybody was wondering what that was. I've never even seen one of those before. Uh, lots of people talking about going to camp. Joseph Martini says, I'll be going to my first first training camp on August 6th. Can't wait. Let's go. We'll hopefully see you there. Uh, we've got folks here talking about going on the 6th as well. Dorian talking about going on the 6th. Uh, Uriel comes in. Please, for the love of God, just have a top 15 to 20 defense. Do you think it's possible? Do you think that happens, Jake? It's Again, it's hard to have as bad of a defense as you had last year. Now, everything obviously is skewed toward the running game. We know where the Chargers were listed in terms of their running stats last year. And I think you brought it up, Dan. It's like, oh, well, you know, the past defense wasn't that. But, well, that was because everybody was running it against the Chargers. So it's it's skewed in that circumstance. But I think that the getting Joey Bosa healthy, getting the duo of him and Khalil Mack for more than two games that the Chargers had them for last year, bringing in Tuli Tulipolo to kind of add a little bit more to that edge group, adding in a bunch of depth behind this interior defensive line, bringing Morgan Fox back, who was a huge contributor for you last year, bringing in a, a guy like Eric Hendricks, who can hopefully his play and leadership can trickle down to the rest of that linebacker unit. And then Dan, as we were talking about yesterday, the competition at corner and all of the various looks that a Derek Anzi slash Brandon Staley secondary could give to opposing offenses is extremely exciting. Like, I don't care about anybody who wants to talk about Jasir Taylor shouldn't be starting for ASJ. Look, I, I get everybody's perspectives on that. But you mean to tell me that you're going to have four corners that the coaching staff trust that you can rotate in certain packages, whether we're talking nickel or run-heavy packages, that you can give defenses good looks and get out of that predictable type of 
zone defense that the Chargers had to play so much last year. I'll take that. And I'm sure a lot of other people would too. 100%. Uh, we're going to talk about the giveaway winner here in two seconds. But beforehand, let's talk about our friends over at Aura. Give us 53 seconds. We'll try to figure out the technical difficulties we have. But in the meantime, let's talk and listen about Aura. Have you ever Googled yourself and were shocked to see your personal information exposed on one of those public listing sites? <gasps> Data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers, spammers, and others who want to learn more about you, like where you live. We've been trying to reach you concerning your car's extended warranty. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt-out requests on your behalf. And brokers everywhere are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it super hard to do. So let Aura handle that for you. You could try Aura for up to two weeks using this link that we're going to put up here on the screen. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you cannot see. So make sure to check out Aura.com backslash Chargers Unleashed to get a 14-day free trial and see if your personal information has been leaked online. Jake, all right, let's get some of these comments. You ready for this? Good, because I can't see them on my side. I'm having the typical... Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what's going on here. You have the access to all the comments, so I'm, I'm ready for these. Yes, a question came up about how this deal will be looking compared to the Herbert excuse me, for the Burrow deal. Joffy, jo- Joffy Jofa says, do you think Burrow will make the same signing Herbert did? Not the same, because you're going to look at what Burrow has done. Obviously, numbers-wise during the regular season has been great, but Dan, they put this, I, I can't remember if this was yesterday or today that I, I saw this, like someone put up just a little image saying that the Bengals playoff victories that they had before Burrow became their starting quarterback was five, and that was over like a, I can't remember how long of a period it was. And then playoff wins that the Bengals have had with Joe Burrow as their quarterback in a span of three years, also five. So he's helped turn that franchise around. He's taken them to a Super Bowl. So I, I definitely think that Burrow's agent is going to hold that weight in the contract. So it's great from the standpoint that Justin Herbert was able to get his deal done before Joe Burrow in this circumstance. Joe Burrow most likely will reset the market yet again for quarterbacks, whenever that may be. But I think his will personally be a little bit higher and rightfully so, given what he's done. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be. I mean, it's definitely going to be bigger. I can promise you that, Uh, which is why I think it's been important for the Chargers to actually get this in ahead of time. Because you never know. Um, and if Joe Burrow goes first, then you're probably going to have to reset the market again, regardless. Uh, Jake, let's get to the winner of the Chargers Unleashed giveaway. Talk about impeccable timing, huh? We announced this, what, two, three weeks ago? Signed Powder Blue Justin Herbert custom jersey. Uh, we had almost 700 we tweets, or we we tweets. <laughs> uh, the winner of the Justin Herbert signed jersey is a one at Big Sports Fella. Again, it's at Big Sports Fella. We'll go ahead and send you guys uh, a tweet after this is over to announce it publicly. But if you're Big Sports Fella and you're listening right now, go into the chat, say hi. Uh, You won. Uh, There'll be a lot more giveaways here coming soon. Uh, Jake, let's move on. 
question. Caleb asks, how's the cap space now? Honestly, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I mean, as far as how it's affected this year, I think the Chargers still have their, what, around $12 million, the last that I counted. But next year, obviously, the Chargers are going to be in, in cap hell. Dan, check me on that. Um, I'm not sure how much this contract technically, even though it's a extension, if it if if Herbert's deal impacts what the Chargers had the last time I checked, it was 12 million. It could be different as it stands right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, next year for sure, the Chargers are going to have a lot of tough decisions to make based off of the restructures that they did earlier this season. Yep, uh, let's go Bolts from John Cordona in. Nico, John, let's go Bolts. Nico Cordona. I'm not sure what he's saying there. Uh, Just saying, let's go Bolts, baby. Morthenian. I hate the narrative, but Justin has not won a playoff game. Yeah, and it took a long time for Leonardo DiCaprio to get his Oscar, but everyone knew how great he was. Bolts up. That's great. Morthenian. Comment of the day so far. It's it's more so that that's what everybody holds weight in, and it's you know it's similar to anybody around the league, you know, especially like in the NBA when you're talking about rings and what's valuable and what have they done here, this and the other, and obviously Tom Brady has set the precedent for the fact that he now has six of those damn things, but it's just for for so many people to hold that much weight and to not look at Justin Herbert for everything that he has accomplished in such a short period of time, I fully get this. I fully get this. Appreciate the good players that you have, regardless of one of, the, of some that don't end up making it the playoffs because there's plenty of good players in that regard. So you got to just love the NFL, man. <laughs> you got to just Chris, love the NFL. Have fun with it. Chris Eilith says, I want to see that Henley and Murray battle at linebacker. <sighs> Dan and I had an interesting <laughs> discussion about this one. What was this? I want to say a week ago, Dan. Um, Fully expect Kenneth Murray to be the starting linebacker next to Eric Kendricks. And that is based on a number of different things for the fact that he has had the longest tenure. As far as the linebacker room, there really isn't anybody as far as experience goes beyond Eric Kendricks and Kenneth Murray in that linebacker room. So I fully expect him to start next to Eric Kendricks. However, the question was, if Kenneth Murray doesn't get to the Kenneth Murray that we were all expecting to be there. Mm -hmm. The over under for how many games until you possibly make a switch, because there's a lot of interesting things that have been said about Dayon Henley. We expect him to mainly contribute to special teams and maybe in certain packages that they bring him in throughout the game. But to me, Dayon Henley would have to set training camp on fire (laughs) to threaten Kenneth Murray's starting job by week one. But if we're talking like week six or seven, and it's just not happening, I'd be all for seeing what the kid can do at that point. Squeezy Sponge says he has a feeling Jazeer Taylor is going to be Richard Sherman-esque. We've heard lots of hype about Jazeer Taylor. Now, Richard Sherman, like that might be a little far right now. Let's pump the brakes on that one. <laughs> Let's pump the brakes. Like I'm all here for the Jasir Taylor hype. It has been noted publicly by main by the media here. Let's just pump the brakes on that. <laughs> Caleb Brown. Caleb Brown asks, are hopes for Saley 
still high. Jake, I'll let you take this one. As I have said before, in talking about brand stealing and the expectations for this upcoming season, there are not many coaches in this league that would have survived a 27 to nothing meltdown in a playoff game. Majority of which you would probably see would have been shown the door after that. I think Brandon Staley has progressed as a head coach in various attributes. I think that he has taken responsibility for many mistakes that he has made and he has owned up to them. Has he made mistakes? Absolutely. I'm not trying to say that he is squeaky clean in all of this. I have been critical of him in a number of different scenarios. I think this is the year that in terms of personnel, both player and coach, supporting coaches alike, that he can finally figure out how to put it together. I think having Kellen Moore as part of this offensive unit is, was just pennies from heaven for what this is going to do, not just for Justin Herbert, for Brandon Staley as well. I think them valuing in-house candidates like Derek Ansley to promote the defensive coordinator, I think is going to do wonders considering how Derek Ansley is revered in that player locker room. So I think that Brandon Staley has all the tools available to him for him to put this together in his year three as a head coach. However, mm-hmm. if for some reason it does not end up working out, you'd have to say that the Chargers would have to make a change. They may have an in-house candidate with Kellen Moore right there. Um, I think for the fact that the Chargers brought back Brandon Staley after the debacle in Jackson with Jacksonville, I think that was almost just like, okay, that was a pass. We'll give this to you one more time. But you've got to deliver. Yes. I think that's the important part is you got to deliver. Uh, do you think, Caleb Brown asked, do you think any UDFA makes the final roster? We prepared people for this in our like buy or sell-ish segment of training camp storylines. And everyone was infatuated with Michael Bandy last year. I am not going to let myself make that same mistake again this year. In my opinion, do I think any UDFA makes the final roster? Maybe one. Just given how deep this team is. And that position is most likely, in my opinion, corner or interior defensive line. Maybe corner slash safety. Let's go secondary. We're, we're, and we're to, and for specifics, we're talking starting roster and practice squad, or just make the, the, the final fifty three. Final fifty three. I don't see any other position. Just being realistic, do you? It's it's tough, man, because some of the the best undrafted free agents that the Chargers have on this roster are at positions where the Chargers are currently deep. You look at the wide receiver position, obviously your focus is going to go to Pokey Wilson. Can he unseat Jalen Guyton for possibly, let's call it wide receiver six, because I fully expect the Chargers to keep six wide receivers this year. Don't know. Jalen Guyton hasn't been practicing. We expect to see him out there during training camp, but he was still nursing his injuries during OTAs and minicamp. Pokey Wilson was getting some very nice reps with Justin Herbert that we saw, but Jalen Guyton has the speed advantage, the experience advantage, and a lot of different things that are in his favor that I would think 
I'm not sure. I mean, again, Pokey Wilson would have to come in and set training camp on fire in my we have to be healthy first off. for the coaches to make that decision to move on from a veteran that's had an established relationship with Justin Herbert for a few years. Gerard Clark, who personally is one of my favorites to have a guy with those type of physical attributes that the Chargers haven't had since Jamal Williams, essentially in the defensive line of this is just so enticing. But you look at what the Chargers have at interior defensive line right now, that this more hinders on what is going to be the health status through the, to, through the, uh, through the days of training camp with Austin Johnson, with Tito Ogbaniba, that's going to carry a lot of weight as far as which interior defensive line are going to make this roster. Obviously, everybody loves Scott Patlock. Everybody's so hyped up when you see a guy with his type of attitude get drafted by this team. The Chargers brought in Nick Williams on a one-year deal. You still have Sebastian Joseph Day that's going to that's going to anchor it. You still have Morgan Fox that's going to work on the interior of the defensive line. So... Is Gerard Clark going to be able to do enough to earn one of those interior defensive line spots? I don't know. Dan, we talked about corner. We just talked about the four essentially starting corners that you're going to have in rotation. J.C. Jackson, obviously pending health, but everything's looking positive. Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr., Desir Taylor, Dean Leonard from a special teams perspective. I don't know how many DBs or, excuse me, corners that the Chargers are going to keep, but Dan, I know, likes Cam Brown. Remind me of the other one that you like, Dan. Taywan Mullen. Thank you. Or do you go to safety? Which is which is kind of Finley, a maybe. exactly, which is kind of a, a question mark at this point. Yes, Elohi Gilman is penciled in as the starter as it stands right now. Chargers are still waiting to see what they have in JT Woods. Beyond that, you have Mark Webb, which two years ago showed a lot of promise. Unfortunately, injuries have just kept him off the field. So maybe possibly is it AJ Finley that that has the best shot in terms of not just what he could do but in terms of the depth on this roster yeah I, I don't know I don't know there's a lot of questions uh the good news is <laughs> training camp starts tomorrow so we're gonna be able to start finding some out uh John Lloyd brings in an interesting topic some insiders said Spiller is a cut candidate thoughts John Lloyd I'm curious if you see if you're still listening uh, who is the insider? Uh, personally, I don't know how the hell he's a cut candidate when no one even knows who he is at this point. Like, the kid showed a hell of a college tape and then had, like, well, I don't remember the number, but, like, what, 30 snaps last year? Maybe? So, I think I could think of a few guys that I would cut before Isaiah Spiller, I could tell you that much. Do, do you see that being a possibility, Jake? No. Cool. But <laughs> Joseph says, I hope Isaiah Spiller balls out during camp. Can't wait to see more of him. Uh, a fear comes in. The Spanos are cheap. Really? You don't think they need a ring? And also, that whole the charges are cheap narrative, like that could be put to rest like yesterday. Uh, Brad comes in, says, I ho- I'm okay if we cut Murray today. What would we lose or gain from cutting him? And then early on, if somebody had asked, I can't find it, but they had asked, what is the timeline or kind of over under for when Kenneth Murray could potentially get benched if he does not perform? What say you? I put it at, I put it at, I was maybe being generous, but I put it at seven games. I put it at seven games. I put it at seven games. I might actually go under, to be honest. I, I, don't doubt you. I, to me, I would just, that would mean that 
that Kenneth Murray would be, if it, if it went under, you'd have to tell me like, okay, he has underperformed for four weeks straight. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm maybe I'm giving a little bit of confidence in him in a contract year for him. And with Eric Kendricks being added to this roster, that his play should and could improve. Again, you have some with the physical attributes of Kenneth Murray. At 6'2", what, 250 pounds, and can actually move like he can. It's just from a mental standpoint. And does get a little bit impatient too, too often. So he needs to bring everything and put it, into, put it together. I'm totally with everybody as far as at this point in time for the Chargers investing and trading back up in the first round to select Kenneth Murray. You need to see some results. I get that. So I may have been pushing that line from the standpoint of saying, I, I think that Eric Kendricks is going to rub off on him in a little bit. And especially with linebackers coach Jeff Howard talking about the goal is to have two standout linebackers. I'm hoping that everything that goes on from the standpoint of coaching additional players that you have around him in terms of the veteran presence, I'm hoping that that is going to help him out moving forward. Friend of the show, Brian says Clark is likely in referring to Gerard Clark toward the end of the season due to Tito and Austin, Austin Johnson, presumably going to be on the physically unable to perform list. Injuries is what makes this thing a little complicated because you saw like a Pokey Wilson potentially on the pup list. And then Tito and Austin Johnson are still kind of working through that. That is potentially how UDFAs can make the squad, but like it might just be a temporary thing, but all that depends on the health, which we don't know yet. Same with secondary. Like we don't know the status of JC Jackson. So I, I think my thing is, let's say everyone's healthy. I think maybe one gets in, but I think you have that door number three where maybe more. Uh, Kevin Kernick, they gave Gerard Clark a big deal for UDFA. I'd have to imagine they're going to stash him on the practice squad. That's where I think this is going. I think you're going to see a bunch of guys that Chargers fans fall in love with in the echo chamber, and for good reasons, probably. Uh, and then you're going to see a bunch of them not make the 53, but will end up being on the practice squad. Cat's out of the bag. That's my That's my prediction. So when you see Pokey Wilson or someone like that, who's absolutely the camp darling, brace yourself. Because remember who's ahead of them on the depth chart. Uh, someone said, uh, asked a question earlier, I can't find it, about the expectations of a one Darius Davis. And he's basically penciled in as your starting returner as it stands right now. So that was where I would expect him to contribute the most. However, can the Chargers run a jet sweep that actually nets positive yardage? <laughs> with, a guy, with a guy like Darius Davis's speed, I believe that they could. Will they? Will they? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I like it. Screw it. Yes. (laughs) I like it. Athir comes in with a question around the defensive numbers. He asks, over or under 17 interceptions as a unit for the secondary? You know what? I hate. This is a stat that I hate predicting, Dan. And I've said this to you before. The last time that we had a prediction like this was not from any one of us but it was from a player of the Chargers who was doubling down on an interceptions that he had 
in in one of his years. That was Antonio Cromartie. Remember the year that he had ten interceptions, and he, and he's, which which is nuts in and of itself. But then he said, "Is like I'm going to have more." And for and reference, he had ten that year. The Chargers had fourteen last year as a team. So seventeen over under. What are you taking? I I hate predicting interceptions. I will say this much. You, what was it? Fourteen that they had last year. Mm-hmm. That was with it. That was without Joey Bosa for the for a majority of the season. If their pass rush improves, which it should, with Joey Bosa returning to the team, you get that type of pressure on the quarterback up front. One hand's going to wash the other, and that's going to help the secondary to get the quarterback to to throw into some bad decisions. So, I will go over fourteen that they had last year. I think so too. I think you and I have talked about this, uh, and I brought this up as kind of like a, a big soliloquy that I kind of got into in a rant, but uh, Chargers need closers that close. And I was referring to it on offense specifically, but like they got some guys. They have to finish. They have to finish. You heard Mike Davis on a recent podcast talking about how he needs to start taking more chances, getting more interceptions. He did that the year of his contract. On his contract year, he ended up balling out. That was the best year of his career. These corners have to finish. Chris Rumpf has to finish. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, they've got to finish on these sacks. These interceptions, these turnovers, they have to come. That's what this defense is predicated on. It has to. Kevin Kernick talks about Mark Webb. A few people have talked about Mark Webb, actually. He's a coach favorite, had a good time on his rookie year campaign. Uh, Kevin Kernick says, I saw him with my own eyes. Looked like he belonged right away. That's another name. And that safety group. Are we going to see him blossom? We don't know. Like there's, there's so many unknowns with this training camp. That's why storylines are a plenty. Ruben Trevino says, Josh Palmer is going to take the biggest leap of any Chargers player this season. Jake thoughts. I, I hope to God that this is correct. And I'm not saying that, that, I, that I don't believe that Joshua Palmer can't do it or that he hasn't proven that he can do it because I thought last year he stepped up admirably when, when Keenan Allen was out. And I thought he had a very, very good year given the circumstances overall of this Chargers offense. Obviously, nothing, nothing mind-blowing, but for what he was able to do given the circumstances of offensive coordinator, hurt quarterback, the amount of weapons that were available to him, Here's the thing about predicting between wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, what they're going to do. Guys, there's only one football. There's only one football to go to. The good thing is, is that Justin Herbert has a ridiculous amount of weapons around him to throw to. So if you were to tell me that the Chargers can go four deep at wide receiver and have every single one of them contribute in a big way, like that's awesome. But I would also expect that if that happens, that the running game ain't doing much (laughs) and the tight ends aren't doing much because every single football that's being thrown is going to the wide receivers. So statistically, you may not see the the greatest year from Joshua Palmer, even though you're probably going to have him see a lot more one-on-one looks given who he's out on the field with, especially if we're going to see more of a spread type offense with Kellen Moore leading this offense. But Guys, again, there's only one football. So I hope to God that when Josh Palmer's number is called on certain plays that he delivers, I believe he can. But I don't know how big I would be projecting stats for him. But hey, 
I love being wrong. Robert D says PFF players ranking is Derwin James at 17, Bosa at 30 and Justin Herbert at 35. Is that true? They had Justin Herbert ranked below Joey Bosa. I believe I, I came across this piece and I saw this ranking. I was literally just doing a quick scroll through it. And yes, that's correct. Again, we're talking, I know PFF was talking overall players in the league, not just limiting it to quarterbacks, obviously, which would be different. They were doing more of a overall player ranking, but still that seems maybe flip to flop <laughs> Herbert and Bosa a little bit, and maybe even change the number. I'm not sure. I, I even I even looked at that and had to raise an eyebrow when I saw. Yeah, it. that's crazy. And jo- I mean, Joe Bus is good, but come on. Uh, Miriam says everyone's so excited about Quentin Johnson. Are Keenan and Mike coming back after the season? I think one of them comes back after this season. Unfortunately, with the Chargers restructuring their both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams deal, on top of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Again, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it next offseason, but the Chargers, as it looks right now in terms of what their cap is going to look like next offseason, it's rough. And I think the Chargers are going to have some hard decisions to make. So I think one of them comes back next year. Question comes in. Who are you guys rooting for in the kicker battle? Rooting is a tough way to... I wouldn't say rooting for, but I'm, I'm giving the edge to Cameron Dicker. Same. Because how could you not root for Dustin Hopkins in this scenario for the fact that the only reason that Cameron Digger had the job is because Dustin Hopkins went down with a bad leg injury that, by the way, (laughs) he stayed in the actual game that he got injured and made all of his field goals (laughs) for the fact that he was out there. So how could you not appreciate the grit of someone like that? I'm with you, Dan. I give the I give the edge to Cameron Dicker just how money he was for the Chargers last season. And personally, I think from a youth movement standpoint that you get someone that you can have for the long term and that the Chargers don't have to revisit this kicking situation in the next couple of years. I, I, I say it's Cameron Dicker. I give the edge to him. All right. James Wagner, bringing it back to the reason why so many people are in the comments right now. And again, if you're just coming in, I apologize for folks who were here at the beginning of it. We were having some technical difficulties and the comments were not showing, but now they are fluttering through. This is insane. Uh, James Wagner, friend of the show. Hope all is well, buddy. says, Bolt up. Sorry, I'm late. Looking for Bolt Nation is fired up. And if I'm repeating a topic that you guys have already covered, my apologies. But how about that Justin Herbert payday? You guys, gals, children of all ages. Justin Herbert is signed through the 2029 season on a massive mega contract worth 52 plus million dollars per year for your Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, sir. Number one paid quarterback in the NFL. What a world are we living in? John Lloyd asks a question. Can QJ have a better season than Justin Jefferson's rookie year? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Look, Justin let's, Jefferson did not have to play thank you now in front of him. Thank you, Dan. That was where I was going to go. There's only one football. I think Quinn Johnson's going to benefit by having the likes of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen around him. That's going to set up a lot of one-on-one opportunities for him. But Justin Jefferson's rookie season was just ridiculous. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Justin Herbert, you'd have been off as a rookie of the year. Uh, Simon Uribe couldn't be happier with who we have as the face of the franchise. 100% deserved for Herbie. Uh, question comes in. What would the over under be that the Chargers signed John Johnson? 
I don't even know what the over-under could be, but do they I, sign I, John Johnson? I don't know. Dan, this, is, this was a move that we kind of felt would have happened by now if the Chargers were going to do it. We've heard from certain media analysts that it's kind of, a, as it stands today, a low chance that the Chargers do it. There's been a lot of praise from Derwin James, from Derek Ansley, about Alohi Gilman. I get it. On paper, as it stands right now, adding John Johnson to Derwin James and having that safety pairing in a position, personally, that is one of your biggest question marks on defense. It's very enticing, and I would totally be hyped to see that happen. But as we've seen kind of these other veterans get signed by other teams this week, you would feel like if the Chargers were going to go down that road, that this would be the time to get him in for training camp. Taylor says, Herbert going to cook the league, boys. Uh, Ryan says, I'm assuming we lose one of the wide receivers and one of the edges that we extended. Which wide receiver and edge would you want to see back next season? Damn, this is a tough question. Yeah, this is tough. Uh, look, this I would. Th- this hurts to say because what 13 has given this team for the duration is just ridiculous. Keenan Allen, and and Dan, I simply just say this, and I'm I'm simply just basing this off the youth standpoint and what the Chargers might want to keep because Joshua Palmer, as we know, as we know, has studied Keenan Allen, practiced with Keenan Allen in terms of route running. Arguably, in terms of behind Keenan Allen, he's probably your second best route runner. So Joshua Palmer may be the in-house replacement for the day that Keenan Allen is no longer with this team. I and I, I, I know, I know it's a hard thing to fathom and you're never going to get the same type of production like that. But if you were to tell, ask me this question today, that would be where I would probably go is that the chargers would part ways with, with Keenan Allen. I, I hate, I hate even saying that sentence personally. It kills me to say that sentence. But I just think in terms of what you have on the roster right now and to keep weapons coming for for Justin Herbert, I think that would probably be the way to go. And then edge-wise, it's really tough between Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa because... Is it, is it though? Well, and then this is what I say because Joey Bosa obviously I think has a lot to come back for given the fact that he went down in week three last year. And even though Khalil Mack was basically getting doubled and triple teamed almost felt like almost every single snap put up admirable numbers for that, for, for those type of situations, nothing huge, but I don't know. I, my, my gut tells me they would sign with side with Bosa in that circumstance and they would let Khalil Mack walk, but I'm not sure. This is a tough question. It's going to be hard when the chargers have to answer this question next year. And I hate even having to answer it right now. If it's me, I think I'm keeping Keenan. If I had to choose, if I had to choose, I think his game ages better. But I don't want to be the guy that makes that decision. Like, that's tough. And I think a roster, a wide receiver room with Keenan, Quentin, Josh, Darius, Jalen seems to have a little bit more versatility than if you have a Mike, Quentin, Josh. And I totally understand that argument. I don't know. That's tough. John Lloyd asks, Jake, he's giving you compliments. Did you slip him a 20? Jake, are you still wearing Dan's shirts? Only playing. Love you guys. I think Jake, I'm saying this. I think Jake shops at Baby Gap sometimes because his muscles just like rip through his shirt sometimes. Jake, did you take my shirt? 
Uh, dude, I don't even know what, what size of shirt you wear. Okay. Extra small. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, Brian Utu, friend of the show, comes in. Uchenna Wosu just got paid, by the way, Jake. And he asked, do you guys think we made a mistake on letting Chenna walk following, followed by the trade for Mac? Chenna got paid, deservedly so. And Mac likely a cut candidate next season. It's hard to answer this because Chenna Nuosu in his final year with the Chargers definitely performed the best during the duration that he had been with the Chargers at that point in time. Still wasn't the most consistent that you wanted to see. He definitely showed up for games down the stretch, that's for sure. Like, hello Raiders game. Like, look, you can just go back to that and see how he performed. Performed very well. The other thing about it was is that in that particular season, yeah, remember he, he, I mean, that was his first year that he actually got like an opportunity to be the starter full time. Like, let's yeah. not forget about that because in previous defensive regimes before last season, he was, he was being used as an edge three. So we never really got to see every single opportunity that Enchenna Nwosu really had. And for the fact that Seattle took a flare on it, signed him to a, a you know, a, a low term deal in last off season. And he definitely outperformed it, deserves that contract money, which is great for him. You know, I, I feel like maybe if you had him starting a little bit sooner, maybe you could have had a better idea of what you had in Nchenonuosu. Yeah. For folks who are here with us live, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're rounding out our live episode, talking all things Justin Herbert contract extension, as well as trading camp storylines. Do us a favor. While you listen to my stupid voice here for 15 seconds, do me a favor, hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube right now while we're talking. While I load up the next comment, hit the subscribe button. Get us to 4,500 before tomorrow. That was the goal. We're so close. Help us out. Jeffrey Joffa says, guys, let's call out the victory brisket for Herbert. Yummy, yummy. Victory I think, brisket. I think the Chargers... Twitter put out a video of Herbert. I don't know what context, but he's sitting in somebody's backyard. I don't know if it was his backyard. But yeah, he just basically says, now I can eat. That's literally at three seconds. Now I can eat. Damn straight. Yes, you can. You can eat a whole lot of brisket. And and also, again, from the Chargers Twitter, because now all these players are talking about like congratulating him and then you know, you're going to be fronting the dinner bill here in a little bit. I called that. That's what (laughs) I said. And rightfully so. So everybody's (laughs) going to be eating on Justin Herbert's time. The question comes in, Jake. How many defensive tackles do you think the team's going to keep on the 53? This is so tough. This is going to be like... This is so tough. I, I advise anybody to go through right now and just go through the roster and try to create your own 53 final roster. And when you find out the names that are going to be left off of it, it's going to suck. Yeah, no matter who you chill on your 53, you're going to be pissed. If the Chargers are already going to be keeping six wide receivers, which I predict they will, you have the offensive linemen, you have the running backs, you have the tight ends. I believe that the Chargers will once again keep four in that category. You go to the defensive side of the ball, you know, you keep what? Four four linebackers? Yeah. Ten corners slash safety. I think I think Brandon Staley, obviously, this year, as opposed to what he did last year, will keep four edge players instead of three, which he did last year. And then however many DBs you want to factor into it, and you're practically at 53 right there. So it's tough. This this roster cut for the Chargers is really going to be difficult when we get to uh, the beginning of September. But I'm going to try to answer this question. How many defense tackles? So we got SJD, mm-hmm. Austin Johnson, mm-hmm. 
Tito. Tito. Nick Williams. Scott Matlock, who you know is not going anywhere. See, I'm not sure about Nick Williams. I'm going to say Scott Matlock. <laughs> Morgan, Morgan Fox. Fox. That's already five. And then you're looking at Gerard Clark or Nick Williams. I think one of those guys is going to be on there. So probably six. And then you have four edge is my guess. Yeah. That'd be my guess. Uh, Squeezy Sponge has an interesting one here. And I've seen some of these adjacent topics come up. So I kind of want to talk about this for a second. Regardless of how Staley performs, Kellen is the team's head coach next season. Spanos hired him as the offensive coordinator, seeing how Reed and Mahomes have worked magic. He sees Kellen as the next head coach. Thoughts? All right, guys. In my Kellen, opinion. Go ahead, Dan. I, 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 go ahead. In my opinion, I don't think that this is the case. I think this team is looking for how best to get a, this team a championship right now. And they believe that is going to happen. Best chance of that happening is with Staley, Moore, and Ansley. Period. I don't. It, I don't. I don't see. Sorry. I, I, last thing. I just don't see a scenario where the Chargers' offense flourishes, but yet they do bad enough to where Brandon Staley is not the head coach. I can't see that either. I, Dan said this weeks ago, one way or another, Kellen Moore is going to be a head coach in this league, whether it's for the Chargers or somebody else. There's no doubt about that. But here's where I kind of have a difficult time with this. Let's just say, hypothetically, the Chargers go to do the AFC championship game this year. If you didn't fire Staley after the 27-0 debacle in Jacksonville, do you think that this organization would fire him for getting to the AFC championship game? even in a loss. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that that's a right or a wrong decision. I'm just reading the tea leaves from what we know from the organization. Do you feel like they would do that, especially after giving him a pass after the Jacksonville debacle? And me personally, I just don't see that happening. I think the line, I think the line is a playoff win. In my opinion, I say it has to go a little bit further than that. I say it has to go a little bit further than that. James Wagner asks, how high is the expectation for Thule? Is he a reliable backup in case, God forbid, Joey or Mac go down, keep the edge pressure reasonably high? That's a big question. How high is your expectation for Thule? Using Thule as it stands right now at edge three, I think is great for him. You look at what he did at USC, putting up some of the top sack numbers for somebody at his position in college last year. And when you get a chance to learn from Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack is going to benefit him tremendously. Now, you can't picture the moon for this kid, but if you're going to use his best attributes, which in college we're getting after the quarterback, using him specifically as edge three is going to be the best possible thing for him. So I'm not sure how they're going to be looking to spread the time and get Khalil and Joey off the field. If their defense really ends up producing and we're talking like getting the opposing offenses into third and long scenarios often. I mean, I mean, tell me something like, are you, are you, are you going to keep Joey Bosa off the field for some of those rushes? 
I don't know. I don't know. It's a difficult question to ask, but I think that Thule, Thule will be utilized well this season. I think he will get his fair share. You just can't predict with those two guys in front of him that he's going to put up massive numbers. Yes. John Lloyd, friend of the show. Dan, don't take my comments seriously. You are my favorite. Okay, now you're just pumping on my ego. Let's be real. Jake's better than me. We all know that. I'm going to take that to the grave. Uh, Fitness says Jake needs to... Jake. (laughs) Say what? (laughs) Fitness said Herbert better date a supermodel. Okay. I mean, I'm sure he'll have his share <laughs> given the contracts. So, yes. A- Eddie says, hopefully, Charge the Unleashed, Locked on Charge, the director, Guilty Sarge, all have a super show together like you did last year. You all remind me of the Brady Bunch. That's a good idea, Jake. What do you think? Oh. Oh. I think it's a really good idea. It's like someone's looking into a crystal ball. Weird. Uh, Brian says, we need a ring this year, fellas. I got too many Raider homies who I want to dunk on. You and me both, my friend. My gosh. Uh, here we go, Jake. Let's have some fun with this because we're rounding out here. Would you rather float endlessly through space for the rest of your life or float endlessly through the ocean for the rest of your life? Parentheses, no sea animals can attack you in the ocean. So through space or through the ocean? I mean, I would say through space because... If we're talking the ocean, even without sea creatures, that eventually at some point I'm going to have to swim. So <laughs> That's I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much strength I'm going to have for 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 that to do. So yeah, I'd probably say space. I think I would too, because at least like it's you're going to see things you've never seen before. I don't know. Uh, we're rounding out here, guys. Any last minute comments, topics, questions? Fireman, we'll try to go rapid fire at the end here. Uh, Steve asks. Dak under Kellen had 15 interceptions last year. Will Herbert be under or over 15 interceptions? Kellen throws downhill. I do not believe that Kellen Moore was responsible for 15 interceptions that were thrown by Dak Prescott. And look, <laughs> if you want to pigeonhole last year for Dak Prescott, look at what he did under Kellen Moore the previous years under him. Pretty damn good. Not to obviously talking about the year that he went down with a bad injury, but still, this was you could arguably say was Dak Prescott's worst year that he has put up. And I don't believe that Kellen Moore had one to do with the other. I still don't understand why Mike McCarthy ended up letting Kellen Moore go from the strictest standpoint to say, I want to run the ball more when Kellen Moore was putting up some of the most points in the league for your offense last year. I don't get that. So Justin Herbert has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league in terms of protecting the football and minimizing the turnovers. I think in Kellen Moore's offense with this cache of weapons that he's got, it's going to do some good things. For folks who have not or was not here, uh, winner of the giveaway, the signed Chargers custom powder blue Justin Herbert jersey. The winner of that was at Big Sports Fella, B-I-G-S-P-O-R-T-S-F-E-L-L-A. We'll go ahead and put out a tweet later uh, on the handle announcing the winner as well. But if you're here in the comments, you won, and we'll go ahead and ship this thing out to you. Uh, Jake, I don't know if you're ready for this. What's the record prediction for the year? Before we get, I'm going to let you simmer on that. On that last question, 15 interceptions for Dak Prescott. Justin Herbert had 10 interceptions on 25 touchdowns this past year on a broken body. I genuinely would not be shocked if, I, if we saw 35 and 10 and 5,000 plus yards 
wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah. Re- record prediction, Jake. I ain't doing this now, Dan. <laughs> I like I said, I hate making predictions. Dan always liked to Dan always likes to do this when it comes to our weekly game breakdowns during the regular season and ask optimism, Jake focus. I hate this because I don't think I've ever gotten any game prediction correct or even close to be perfectly honest. So I'm not going to do that this year because the, the AFC conference is a freaking gauntlet right now. And it could go so many different ways. The chargers final seven games of the season are, is a damn madhouse for who they have to go up against. So I can't correctly do this right now in a Kellen Moore-led system that I have not seen perform yet, although I have all the optimism in the world for. I can't consciously make a prediction right now. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Uh, It looks like Jake question came in here over on it real quick as we get out of here. Uh, Over on a 31 sacks for the defensive line. We're talking deep. Are we including edge in this? Yeah, I'm assuming so. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> That's tough. <laughs> That's tough, but it's also a fair line. Um, my pessimism is going to take over a little bit here, but cautiously optimistic, I guess, if you want to find the middle ground, I'll say under. Brian's calling you out, Jake. This doesn't sound optimistic, Jake. Brian would know. He's seen me at my worst moments. So he knows when I am extremely upset and pessimistic. And, you know, there's times where, hey, the sun came out today for Jake Efner. <laughs> Jeffrey <laughs> Joffy Jaffa says, Brian, be careful of slam dumping on Raiders fans, which I would agree. Uh, look, at the end of the day, this day is pretty damn big. Chargers re-signed franchise quarterback through the 2029 season. Record-breaking contract over $52 million per year. Got done. Chargers made it happen before training camp begins tomorrow. Jake, you and I will be there live. For folks who are going to be there, let us know. Uh, this is a fun day. This is a big day for Chargers fans, for the Chargers franchise. Again, if you have not done so already, please do us a favor. It takes five seconds. Hit the subscribe button. Help us get to 4,500. Jake Hefner, your optimism single-handedly brought us this Justin Herbert contract today. Anything else you want to tell the great friends of Chargers Unleashed before we head out of here with our cigars in hand, our brown stuff in hand, and a wonderful night's sleep? Training camp is back. Chargers football is back. I'm ready for it. I know everybody else is ready for it. We've been waiting for too long for football to return. I'm ready to kick it off tomorrow. I'm going to let James Wagner end the show for us. Have a great week. Better Bolt days are coming. God bless all caps. For Jake Hefner, for Chargers fans, for LA football, Dan Wolkenstein, Chargers Unleashed. We'll talk to you next time. We'll see you at camp tomorrow. Until then, this has been Chargers Unleashed Live. We'll talk to you soon.